0: Yesterday was quite the busy show as we sat there at Pete and Terry's Tavern, Bridgestone Arena, in lieu of the Predators and Blackhawks. Of course, we aired you the press conference live, David Poyle, Peter Lavillette, and Roman Yossi talking about their new deal. And then David Poyle came upstairs after the press conference and sat down with us, and we had a nice, healthy discussion with the general manager yesterday. Now we want to have a nice, healthy discussion with Pierre Lebrun, who's with TSN, and of course. The athletic does a great job of covering the sport pierre how you doing? I'm all right,
1: guys. Thanks for having me on. You yeah, have big news in uh, music city,
0: yeah, so you said just north of nine million, but did you know it was nine point zero five nine those <laughs> what a coincidence uh,
1: huh <laughs> I'm trying to think how I can answer that without uh <laughs> uh
0: Yes. Yeah. Did. Yeah. That's uh. That's so good. we had a little fun with that yesterday because the minute I saw the, term, I'm like, that can't be a coincidence, right? 90 and 59, they cannot be a coincidence. So, in just your opinion, you're you're from afar. We're here, caught up in it. So let's get the outsider perspective. Good deal, bad deal. How do you view the new deal for Roman Yossi that will kick in next year?
1: It's a must deal. <laughs> Let me make that my answer. Yeah. It's a must-deal. I mean, I mean, what is the alternative, if you're David Poyle, and National Predators, of not signing Roman Yossi? There is zero way to replace him on the market. Um, you're just not going to be as good a team, and you're trying to win a cup over the next few years. So Roman Yossi had all the leverage. And let's be clear about something else. I mean, as much as this is a huge contract, and he's going to make a ton of money when the deal kicks in next, uh, next summer, um, he would have made even more than that on the open market. I mean, I, I wrote about this in the Athletic last week. I don't know if you guys saw, but I was a piece on asking other front offices around the league and agents.
2: Where I sent it, I sent it to my colleagues here. I, and yeah. uh, let, let me commend you because I thought that was tremendous perspective. I was reading it over the weekend, and I came in Monday. And I said, "We've got a this is great stuff," and we even wanted to say we even wondered behind the scenes if that might have sparked a couple conversations we Well,
0: did, did i not bring that up yeah. to david yesterday yeah. i said you know these articles that are being written i mean did that kind of maybe speed up the process
1: <laughs> yeah my understanding is it, it, it was brought up in the conversations between uh yossi's camp and, and david poyle but i think only it only firmed up what everyone already knew and which is what yossi's worth is and at the end of the day, you know, listen, I my understanding is that the Yossi camp was at $9.5 for quite a while and, and that the Predators were at $8.5 for quite a while. And really, they ended up bridging, uh, you know, really they compromised right in the middle at just north of nine. I mean, listen, there is obviously risk. Uh, I mean, it's an eight-year deal with the Foldo move, which means that for people listening, you know, if, if things were to go south, you can't buy, you know, you can't buy a out, you can't put them on waivers, that's what the no-move gives you. It gives an ironclad guarantee. But if there's anyone you're going to do that with, I would think it would be with Roman Yossi, who's an unbelievable skater, takes care of his body. All the indicators that you would look at that would say, hey, you know, we don't really want to ever you know, or have these deals too often, but if you're going to do one, I think Roman Yossi, Roman Yossi is the ideal candidate.
0: David Poyle brought this up yesterday, Pierre, and really doubled down on it about Norris Trophy, something we talk about. You know, we're a little scarred here uh because we kind of felt like over the years Shea Weber got overlooked for the Norris trophy and we started to wonder. Totally agree. Can you can totally you win agree. it in Nashville? And we know some things have changed, obviously, over the years, and so we feel differently. But David Poyle, when I say double down, said not only is Roman Yossi gonna win the Norris trophy, believes it's gonna be this year. Once again, from afar is that something you believe is realistic?
1: Well, there's a guy in Washington making things difficult at, uh, at the outset here. Can
0: <laughs> he slow down just a little bit and
2: let some people catch yeah. up to the pack?
1: <laughs> Two more goals here last night for the Caps in Toronto. Um, but I, I, I do agree that romanosi will win at least one Norris Trophy. And he was on my ballot last year among my, the five names that I put down on my Norris Trophy ballot. I'm one, one of the official voters. Um, and I do think that you know, it's an absolute crime that Shea Weber never won one during his absolute peak in Nashville. I mean, that honestly is beyond ridiculous. Um, but but I think that, you know, Nashville's trip to the Cup Final and everything else, hosting the All-Star game, the Predators are a lot more on the, uh, on the forefront of people's minds around the league than they were back then, I think. Uh, they're one of the it teams, if you will. And because of that, um, you know, I do think Willy Osi probably has a better shot. It, it, it's you know it, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, when when the group, the, the professional uh, hockey writers' right association sit down to vote, I think the vast majority of the voters are terrific and do their homework. But at the end of the day, there's no question that some of the bigger markets, their players tend to get more spotlight, and you know over the years, you know, I, I, you know, you hate to see that. I think in this particular case, Roman Yossi is no longer under the radar. Uh, you know, Everyone you talk to knows how special a player he is.
0: Pierre LeBron on the line with us. So you brought up the no trade clause, which as you know, and we've certainly talked about this with David Poyle a lot over the years, he does not hand that out. I will guess I'll use the reference since tomorrow's Halloween, like Halloween candy. He does not hand out that. In fact, <laughs> Peck is the only one that has had it, but now – he makes two, but you know other organizations and other general managers are not afraid to hand out that no-trade clause like Halloween candy. Where, where do you right. stand on that? Because I've always said I don't understand why a player... I mean, I guess I do understand, but to me, so many things can change over a seven, eight-year deal. I don't know why it's conducive for either side to go down that road. That's just me.
1: Well, I know a lot of players that would disagree with you. And let's sure. start with you know, I've never, I haven't talked to P.K. Subban about this, but there's a player that if he had the full no move, who knows if he's not still in natural. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the power that you have is to block a trade. If you have that, and um, it has certainly happened in the past, but I mean, I always say to myself, would every player use that or, or, if you feel unwanted, would you say I'm also, uh, you know, I'm also accept this trade if they don't want me anymore? You know, I always wonder about, you know, the human part of it. But what it does when you have a full no woo is it helps you and your agent control the process if you're on your way out. It helps you control where, where you're going to end up. PK Subban didn't have a say in it, right? He didn't have a clause, so he ended up in New Jersey, where I think he's happy. But the point is that he, he his camp never got involved in that because they didn't have a say. So. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, you know, we look at Marty St. Louis when he asked for a trade out of Tampa Bay. He also happened to have a full no-trade clause, so he said, "I want to get traded to the New York Rangers." So the Tampa Bay Lightning had to make a trade with one team. <laughs> they couldn't get any other. They couldn't get any other team involved in the process. That's the power from the player's perspective of, of having the no-move. Is that if if, if ever things goes south with the team you're playing for you can help dictate how, how the exit plan works out.
2: Pierre LeBron is with The Athletic, also with TSN, talking about the Yossi contract signed yesterday. Pierre, another point that was made by by one of your uh, people that weighed in on this along the lines of the no trade that made sense to me. It's well known that the Predators have used to their advantage the no state income tax, the cost of living, etc. But mm-hmm. related to the no-trade, somebody made the point, well, if you're going to ask me to take a little less than I'll get on the market, then you got to give me the no-trade so I know I'm going to be here to take advantage of that living situation.
1: That's an excellent point. And, and, you know, this has come up in other negotiations the last few years,
2: which is to say
1: there are players willing to take a bit less to stay where they are, but they also want to know that that's where they're going to stay. In other words... I'm not signing this contract because I think it's going to be transportable. You know, So let's just use Roman Yossi as an example. My, my nine-plus-million-dollar-a-year deal in, in Nashville, where the state income tax is much more favorable than it would be for Eric Carlson in Northern California, for example. If If I get traded to a place where suddenly my take-home pay is much less, then that's not what I agreed to. I agreed to this deal in this market um, with the understanding is that, that it's having its maximum effect being an Astral predator. So that, that's an excellent point, and, and and it's for real. I mean, you know, Romagnosi, you know, I'm not an expert on income tax. Uh, be, between two countries and, and and all these different states, my <laughs> mind's about to explode trying to figure it out, but I was told yesterday that essentially Romagnosi's take-home pay is is pretty much the same as Eric Carlson, who's making $11.5 million in San Jose. I mean, that, that's a lot to digest if you think about that.
2: Yeah, no no doubt. Another point that was made uh, in your article and also echoed by David Poyle. David Poyle, you probably heard the line. He got a chuckle uh, with us on the on the air and also at the press conference. He, he said to Roman Yossi, you know, I hope you age like Roger Federer, your countryman, and, and one, one of Roman Yossi's, maybe his favorite athlete, you know, because – The point was made in your article, Pierre, which is a good one, is you're paying him up through his mid-30s, even upper 30s, right? He's going to go through age 37 with this contract. We just watched the Blackhawks last night with Seabrook and Keith and all those great players. They're not the same as they were five or six years ago. So you're paying him going forward. You're hoping that he ages well and can still live up to the value he's going to have.
1: Yeah, I think you were referring to Adam Vingen's article in the Athletics today that I retweeted, but, yeah, that's – I mean, that's the risk, um, and again, I think the difference there would be that even when Brent Seabrook was an unbelievable defenseman winning cuffs for the Chicago Blackhawks, I, I think on some level you could probably predict that because he wasn't a great skater, that his deal wouldn't age as well as, as one would for Roman Yossi, and, and, and so here's a better example. Duncan Keith is still a, an effective player. Not winning Norris trophies in the year anymore, but he's still a guy that gets around because of his skating ability, um, and his deal, which was a really long-term deal. In fact, it was one of those long-term backdiving deals that got signed before the last CBA. It's aged all right with him, you know. He's 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 because he can skate, and I think that's what you hang your hat on if you're Nashville with Roman Yossi, That if anything else. When you watch him play, you know that that part of his game should age gracefully, and that's the most important important part of all, really, when you, when you look at the way the game is played today. Pierre LeBron is with us from the Athletic and TSN here on Darren Donick and Chase, and we knew that, that the Roman Yossi contract was the, at the top of the priority list for David Poyle. Now that he has that, he knows what he has to work with, but when you look at the Nashville Predators overall over the next couple of years with some other contracts that will be coming up, do you, do you feel like that they're still going to be hampered by some of these big deals that they've handed out, and most notably maybe the Kyle Turris deal, or do you think that David Poyle has staggered this enough where he can make it all work? I mean, I listen, I, I think they've got a shot to win the Cup. I, I think their payroll's in a pretty healthy situation. If you look at every team that considers themselves a Cup contender, they all have about 25 cents between the salary cap and their payroll. It's <laughs> like everyone is right at the max, so Nashville is no different than anyone else. But to your point, um, there's some interesting off-season decisions coming after this year, most notably, you know, what do you do with Mikel Granlin and Craig Smith, who are, who are both UFA? Um, you know, those are probably the two big ones. Um, you know, that Kyle Turris trade has not worked out so far for the Nashville Predators. He's not been as impactful in Nashville as he was in Ottawa. Um You know, after this year, he's got four more years on his deal at a $6 million cap-it. His play so far has not warranted that cap-it. I love the player. I mean, he's a terrific human being, and and I've heard over the years, I know from talking to people in Ottawa, they they were huge fans of him. So you hope that it turns around um, because he is a guy that's been liked uh, by his teammates. But right now, that's the one contract that sticks out as um, troublesome, I think, for, for the Predators. And let's not hide it. I mean, I've reported this, as have others. They, I, I do believe the Predators tried to trade him this summer and couldn't find a taker. But, you know, he's got seven points in 12 games to start the year. Um, he's a guy that can play center and wing. And, and who knows, maybe this is the year that he finds his comfort zone and, and lives up to that contract. When you look at the league as a whole, you know, Yossi was, was one of the big contracts that had to be done uh, what do you think is next? Is it Petrangelo or, or somebody else? Well, the big two on defense are Alex Petrangelo and Torrey Krug. Now that uh, that the big one is signed, <laughs> you know, Yossi was one, Petrangelo two, Krug three. All three are really special players. Um, you now Petrangelo is a really interesting situation. Uh, you know, his, his agents uh, who are based in Toronto, Newport Sports, they met with the uh, Blues GM Doug Armstrong uh, three weeks ago when the Blues were in Toronto. Uh, we don't know how the meeting went, but my understanding is that there haven't been any talks since. Um, which again, lots of time between now and July 1st, and and really for the Blues, that's what you're looking at because you're you're trying to defend your Stanley Cup title. You're not going to sweat whether or not you're come the you know the trade deadline in February whether or not your captain is signed or not. You're you're all in. So you now he either signs before July 1st or he walks. But I, I think it's those are the only two options we're looking at. Um, you know, I sat down with Doug Armstrong while well, that same week when they were in Toronto and, and we did a and a and I asked him about Petrangelo's future and he didn't want to get specifically into Petrangelo but what he did say, if you read between the lines of his answer to me, was that he's trying to create a culture in St. Louis that is, you know, similar to Boston where, and I, I could argue Nashville by the way, but similar to Boston where, you know, everyone's taken a certain number to make it all work so they can try and win and and so there's a pretty obvious answer, I thought, as to how it relates to the Petrangelo negotiation, which is to say there's a certain number I think the Blues would sign him at, but not the same number that uh, would be afforded to him on the open market. Um, so what is that number? I got to think that the Blues would probably want to do Petrangelo at around $8 million a year in a long-term deal. And... Certainly, Petrangels can't probably can make a case that, you know, he's worth closer to 9 million a year. So we'll, we'll see where the, you know, how that plays out. But of interest in all that is that somewhat proactively, uh, Doug Armstrong went out, of course, on the eve of the season and traded for Justin Paul and signed him to a seven-year extension from Carolina, uh, which, along with Colton Pareko, now gives the Blues three top right-handed defensemen. Uh, and let's be honest, even though Doug Armstrong never came out and said this, I think the rest of us could, you know, read in between the lines. That is pretty good insurance in the event he can't figure out how to re-sign Petrangelo.
0: No doubt about it. Enjoyed the visit as always, Pierre. Thanks for doing this, and we'll talk to you down the road.
1: All right, great to be on. See you guys.
0: All right, that is Pierre LeBron, TSN Hockey Insider, and of course with The Athletic. We'll come back more of Darren, Donnick, and Chase on the other side, ESPN, 102.5 The Game.